your dice. Hello, hello, and welcome back to All Plotted Out, a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic podcast where we're trawling through the later seasons, episode by episode. Because, you know, I think they deserve it. My name is Pornhart, that's P-A-W-N Hart, I thank you very much, and today we're going to be covering episodes 15 and 16 of the final season, 2, 4, 6, great, and A Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, if you've listened to the previous few episodes, you'll know that I've kind of been putting this one off, because one of these is not a favourite of mine. What we have is... Uh, an episode that's solid and uh, surprisingly funny. And we have the quote-unquote funny episode. In terms of which one I find the worse, me and IMDB don't see eye to eye on this. Not deliberately being contrarian, I just feel that one is pretty underrated and one is quite considerably overrated. Two, four, six, great was first broadcast August the 10th, 2019, and was written by Kaita Mpambara. Now, Kaita won my Writer of the Last Season award, both for turning an unpromising episode concept into something really pretty solid, and also providing one of the best debut scripts in the show with horseplay. The episode gets a, an affronted 5.7 aggregate score on IMDb, where the synopsis reads... The School of Friendship is starting a buckball team, and Rainbow Dash has to come to terms with the fact that she won't be coaching the team. Kind of. It sounds like the story is based around her pursuing that role and being overshadowed by someone else, which isn't exactly the plot, but I suppose that sums up about the first 15 seconds of the episode, so hey, speaking of, this doesn't get off to a flying start. Well, with some of the most overt exposition I've seen in an intro in some time. It is basically Twilight reciting to two captive ponies how she feels and uh, what is happening. But after that shaky beginning, uh, things get back into the swing. Yeah, looking at the opening credits, it looks like it's just going to be Jahab doing the script editing from here on in. One thing I noted about Kater's first script, Horseplay, is that the character writing was really solid and felt like the work of someone who'd been writing for the show for seasons. And that's no different here. I think the characterizations are really solid. What is interesting is that she takes a potentially polar premise, a, a bit of a classic trope, the coach who's unenthusiastic, their heart's not in it, turning around the underdog team and growing to love them and believe in them. But the team aren't incapable, and there are a couple of team members already who are really good, and, while falling somewhat humorously into the valley girl mould, they just seem like, you know, normal, likeable, capable characters who unfortunately have a number of things weighed against them. Not least team members who uh, are not pulling their weight or perhaps are pulling their weight rather too much, for varying reasons. Yeah, the young six are back. Well, the young three, at least. Yona, Smolder, and, again, having a bit of a nice spotlight foisted upon her, Ocellus, or, as my audio transcribed notes call them, 
Bruno, Small Vat, and A. Sellis, Professor Alan Sellis of the Department of Changelingology. But anyway, Ocellus just lacks confidence. Yona is too boisterous. And Smolder is kind of pretending she doesn't want to be around and has a little cool bit of arc building where it turns out that she does actually care about her friends succeeding, if nothing else. And there's a lovely turnaround mid-episode where she confronts Rainbow Dash for her lack of responsibility and lack of belief in the team while kind of pretending not to care. I don't know. Maybe you should! Or whatever. She's really well played here, and I love the way that Rainbow Dash and Smolder play off each other. They're such a good combination. Because while both characters are somewhat insecure and defensive, there's a realism and sense of responsibility to Smolder that Rainbow Dash doesn't quite have. And Smolder is capable, because of their similarities in a way, of bringing her down to earth and providing a direct comparison of, of how Rainbow Dash could deal with the situation, in a way. I love Smolder. Interesting character. Fantastic performance by Shannon Chan Kent, whose first role in the show, interestingly enough, was providing Pinkie Pie's singing voice which she did for the entire duration. However, she did quickly diversify by taking on speaking roles, uh, playing Silver Spoon and Marble Pie. Snips and Snails are written rather more roundedly and sympathetically than they have been before, while playing into the empty your mind vibe that he's done previously. Snails is proven more often than not to be kind of wise in his assumptions. Meanwhile, Snips has a pretty major role in the episode. And yes, well, as Rainbow Dash says, he has a vested interest. He is a key player in getting Rainbow Dash to take it seriously, even if his motivations aren't always super. Lee Tokar gives a great performance here, one of his, one of his largest in any episodes. He's a very talented and dynamic voice performer. I think the only voice performer I've actually had the pleasure of meeting in person asked him a question about something at a convention once. So meeting is something of a stretch, but hey, sounds good. He's also provided the ostentatious voice of one Stephen Magnet, the sea serpent, as well as the low, noirish purr of gummy in Slice of Life. And what of the poor gator, flank forever blank, destined to an existential swim down the river of life to... An unknowable destiny. But yeah, looking into the spotlight here. Ow, my eyes. Ashley Ball absolutely nails this one. I'd have to rewatch some of the early episodes, but this might be her best voice performance as Rainbow Dash. It's nuanced, her comic timing is spot on, and this feels like a very real lived in character, which is. Also aided, I think, by the script. Now, I don't know this, but I have a sneaking suspicion that some of the problem people may have with this episode, which leads to that rather galling 5.7 score, is in the depiction of Rainbow Dash. Now, I think there are high fan expectations at this point in the series uh, of, of character conduct. And I know fans don't like it much when an episode brings out a more negative aspect of a character. 
I might be wrong. Outside that, I mean, maybe people just don't find it interesting as a concept, or because it's involving the school and another offshoot of that, there's still some lingering bad feeling about that, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Let's look at the IMDb reviews. The featured review gives it 5 out of 10. Not a complete dismantling, um, and that tone pretty much follows through it. Can completely see why many dislike 246 Great, and completely agree with many criticisms aimed at it. Um, a shame, because while Rainbow Dash was very inconsistently characterised in the latter seasons, she was an admirable one in the earlier ones. On the whole, though, she actually had progressed a lot as a character. You would not think so when seeing how she is written here. And it is a massive undoing in this episode. No, it isn't. No, I I don't agree. I think when characters are put into a new situation, there is an expectation that they will instantly be able to apply all of their learning directly to that new situation. That doesn't happen in general. It doesn't happen with anybody, regardless of intelligence or self-awareness. You can enter a new situation and act like a child. I know I have. I don't think this is too much of a stretch. It's not like she's being deliberately mean. She's being, you know, she says some insensitive things in spite of herself because it's Rainbow Dash. She always says insensitive things, even if she doesn't mean them. It's more she's disinterested and just hoping the situation will take care of itself. And yeah, I think she's just affronted that she was given something that wasn't the coaching job. And this is sort of played out at the end, where Twilight knows, in a very Celestia move, that this would be challenging for Rainbow Dash. But aside from that, yeah, the the rest of the review points out that the supporting characters shine a good deal. Yep, Snips shows a real growth of character with a much stronger personality. Yes, totally with you there. Back to completely backwards with Rainbow Dash. Uh, Right. No, I I, I don't concur. I, I don't think it's a complete break. She's in a situation which brings up more of her negative aspects. I don't think, while it does lean into those, that it's an issue. And there's too much good writing, a good story structure, and good pacing, and good humour in this episode to warrant that low score. This is a funny episode. And sometimes it's just in the sort of gestures of the characters. This is like shrugging the episode. There are lots of sort of humorous shrugs, particularly from, uh, from R.D. and Smolder. And it does really nicely come around to Rainbow Dash genuinely caring. It's not like with something like 28 Pranks Later, where at the end of the episode she's like, oh, what a fool I have been. She gradually grows to care. And that's expressed in that really cute scene where she's nervous, not for the outcome of the match, which is what everyone assumes, but for how well the cheerleading squad are going to do. And I think this just gets to the point of of a lot of relationships, which is you don't have to share the passion for certain things that uh, a friend or a family member or a romantic partner do, but it's important you understand that and use your passion for them to lift that up and support them when they need supporting. It's just a solid life lesson. This, this is like a masterpiece or, or anything. Um, It's fairly low-key. There is some rather painfully functional dialogue from Twilight, but that is far too occasional to be much of an issue. But yeah, this is a a high-quality episode, I think, and it's a shame that this expectation 
of how Rainbow Dash should behave has snowballed into such a negative reception for this. Just be honest with them. I'm sure they'll understand where you're coming from. So, yeah. I've often understood where people have had an issue with how characters behave. I might come on to that in a little while. <laughs> and it being, you know, a, a bit of a bugbear when a character just pulls out a really old trait and magnifies it. I understand. But in this case, it just didn't feel that obtrusive to me. Rainbow Dash is insensitive, and sometimes she needs to be snapped out of it to understand that she's being insensitive. I can understand that you'd look at it and say she's the element of loyalty. And that perhaps has a bit more justification to it. But just as the perhaps child of the main six and the most self-aggrandizing and insensitive, I, I don't think any of this is too much outside the realms of possibility for her. And this is a charming, funny, well-paced episode. It's not going to blow your socks off. You're not going to look back and say, oh, highlight the season. Because it's just a bit too quiet for that. And that's a shame, because there's not much wrong with it in my view. But it's interesting that people are going so hard on this episode for taking a character trait too far. And I'll, do you know what? I'm not going to finish that sentence. I'll just leave that for a, a little while. A little while. So yeah, two, four, six, eight. It's not over yet. Mm. I've not got a huge amount to say about the next episode. Or rather, I have strong feelings towards the next episode, but they're pretty overarching. There's not a huge amount of detail to go into. It's not that kind of episode. So in order to <laughs> stretch out the proceedings again, how about, apropos of nothing at all, another one of my little categorised favourites lists. Or I should say my categorized least favorites right least favorite episodes of my little pony friendship is magic by category and the categories are imbalanced damaged iffy message boring thin forgettable and bad character writing watercolors or were it not for that last one, that would sound an awful lot like my dating profile. Boo! The first award. Most imbalanced episode. And remember, this is just my personal thing. This isn't <laughs> objective at all, in case you hadn't noticed. This refers to episodes that I consider to be all over the place, tonally. Uh, or, or jarring for some other reason or other. They just don't really cohere. And so in my head, I, I, I see them physically split or dissected. Now, I might have mentioned before a couple of episodes from the rather uh, wobbly patch at the beginning of season seven, which nonetheless turned out to be a pretty good season with some amazing highlights. But there are a couple of eps, particularly that put ice cream on their salad, to use a really, really weird metaphor. The runner-up... Forever Philly. The Rarity and Sweetie Belle plot here is really good. It's a lovely bit of character development. It's, it deals with a very understandable issue for anybody who, who grows old or whose relationship changes with someone else. And it very nicely takes into account the subtle changes in responsibility that the Cutie Mark Crusaders have taken on. It's really good. Then there is this retelling of the same message that 
seems like it was written for two-year-olds. Now, I know this is a show with a young audience, but goodness me, the, the disconnect between these two sides in both tone and quality is amazing. And the second half doesn't even need to be there. It's just the same thing. Like they're hedging their bets in case no one understands the first plot. And it's an example, rather like the winner here, of an episode trying to have its cake and eat it too. The cake also has salad on it. Yeah, the winner though, barely a few episodes prior, is a flurry of emotions. Which is by turns cutesy and overwhelmingly juvenile. And based on the kind of relationship issues that I think are going to be rather too far down the road, even for a lot of of young adults, My Little Pony fans. So they kind of completely miss the middle ground. Although I must acknowledge that this show is not only aimed at young children, but also potentially the parents that watch with them. So in that sense, I guess you could say that this polarised approach kind of works. I I kind of much prefer it when it can field both at the same time, however. Now, I'm neither a child nor a parent, so I have every right to comment on this, but it does feel like the show usually manages to balance this stuff a bit better. By balancing it at all. This would not be enough to totally handicap the episode, however, were it not for the fact that it is just so repetitive. It just flashes between Twilight's story and Shining Armour and Cadence's story, and they basically just do the same thing each time. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Actually, you know what? This episode's probably fantastic for babysitting. Because it'll knock both you and your child out. Meaning the noise will stop and you can get your 45 minutes of sleep a day. Am I right, parents? (laughs) I have no idea. Right, next category. Damaged. Now this is an episode that at least appears to have been compromised through its creation. It probably isn't what the episode was originally intended to be. And in the case of my winner here, I know it is not the episode they intended it to be. And I feel sad in a way for for kicking down at this one, because there's a lot to like about it. But the showrunners know that it could and should have been a lot more were they allowed to stretch it out to two episodes, which was the original plan. It is far too significant an episode, both in terms of the stakes of the main plot and in terms of what happens at the end of it, which is one of the most momentous things in the show's run, for it to be dealt with in one episode. But leaving that aside, they also want to make it a musical. It doesn't work dramatically, uh, and the main menace of the episode is resolved in about seven minutes. That's not an exaggeration. Yeah, it's magical mystery cure. I don't have any issue with Twilight getting wings at all, but the manner in which it was done really would have been improved had it been given the canvas it was intended to have. They did their best. Category three, iffy message. 
Now, there aren't many episodes in the show that I think have a, a, an overtly problematic message or one that I don't really agree with. It's more often that an episode might seem to espouse a message and then kind of fumble it at the end. It just feels like they've rushed to a conclusion and forgot what the point of the episode was. An example of this is Yakety Sacks, which isn't a, this isn't a bad episode. Well, isn't that bad anyway? But that finale, it, it doesn't seem to resolve anything. The problem remains. As soon as they get back to Ponyville, things will just return to the same state of affairs as they were at the start of the episode, which was unworkable. But, yeah, my winner of the Iffy Message Award. Very prestigious. Also from early in Season 7, it's Fluttershy Leans In. I bet you were wondering when I was going to bring that one up. I think it is intended to show how important it is not to let other people who aren't aware of your intentions steamroller your vision and overpower your ideas for something that is important to you. In the end, it kind of comes out as if it's saying, as an artist, you don't need help from anyone. You can just shout away all alternative approaches. And I know that's not what's intended, but it's it's botched. The bookies are predicting a big night for Fluttershy Leans in tonight, so let's see. Category four. Boring. Uninteresting to watch. Protracted. Overlong. And Rainbow Road Trip. Next award. Thinnest episode. Scantiest episode. An episode that feels undercooked. Like there's not enough happening. They've got one idea and they recycle it. What episode's coming into your mind? Now, there are some earlier episodes where you can just sense that this was a writing room idea that just never got shot down. They fell in love with a quirky idea or a quirky title and just ran with it. Now, it's probably not that bad looking back. I don't remember liking It's About Time very much from season two. Felt very kind of memey and flippant. Uh, in a way that some of those season two episodes did. But yeah, as I said, I don't think that's necessarily a bad episode. One that I don't think is great is 28 Pranks Later. Like a lot of these sort of episodes without great characterization and built around a single narrative thrust. It's by a writer who never worked for the show again. It it was a bit of a, you know, a bit of cash on the side, a bit of freelancing. There's been some amazing one-time writers for the show. Somewhat unbelievably, the writer of The Sounds of Silence only wrote one episode for the show. But yeah, 28 Pranks Later. It's a funny title. It's not that much more. (laughs) Speaking of titles, on the other end of the spectrum, the award for forgettability slash least impressive title. This is a double whammy kind of one where I look at the title and I'm like, I can't remember that episode. And even if I did, there is a series of other episodes that I can kind of change it out with. And gradually I work out what the other episodes are about, but I still can't remember this one in spite of having seen it multiple times. Now, do you know what? I don't think there are any outright bad Daring Do episodes, but there are always more than I remember the being. And um, there are some that's like, well, well, what is that? So, yeah, that's that's just an observation. It's not actually a legitimate nominee. Leap of Faith. Now, 
I know this has got something to do with Applejack and Granny Smith. And it's probably not that bad. Has it got the Flim Flam Brothers in it? Yeah. As I say, this isn't going to win because I can remember vague things about it. But there's also they had a problem that they've already dealt with the leap of faith concept in an early episode. So it's already at a disadvantage. But no, 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 no. There's a... There's a winner here, and I don't even know if it's that bad an episode, but it just seems barren. For an episode that I feel like I've probably seen about four times, I I can't remember it at all, and I struggle to deduce it. It's Family Appreciation Day from Season 2. What a boring title. An Apple Family episode called Family Appreciation Day. Isn't that the premise of all of their episodes? (laughs) Now, I love Applejack. She, she might be my favourite of the main six. And, uh, yeah, I like the family dynamic, and I think there have been some terrific Apple Family episodes. There have also been a sort of a melange of bland ones. I mean, just recently we had the not-exactly-spectacular Going to Seed. Family Appreciation Day, it's... What is that one? Which one is that? Because I, I thought that might be the one with the family reunion. But no, that's season three. It's not the one with Pinky, uh, where she thinks she might be a member of the Apple family. That's a really good episode, actually. It's just... It's this kind of episode that gives the Apples a bad name. As kind of mid-level filler in your season. Like, oh, we've not had an Applejack episode. Let's get the family in. And Applejack is stubborn. And Granny Smith's cantankerous. And we all yuck it up. Again... It might be a really good episode, but don't care. Bad character writing. Now, there are hints of this in a lot of the episodes I've already mentioned. 28 Pranks Later really does not care about any of the other characters or, or creating any individual identity for them. And it rides on one aspect of Rainbow Dash's character until she's just snapped back at the end. As I say, it's far less elegant in the way it's done than... An episode like 246 Great. Caught before the ponies. Let's turn the main six into caricatures. Because story? Because it's not comedy. It's a weird one, that, because it was by a, a terrific writer, so I'm not really sure what happened there. Anyway, no, my, my actual winner, and perhaps now the, the default sweeper of this completely fictitious, spontaneous award ceremony... <laughs> Is Fluttershy leans in. Because not only are the main cast reduced to a series of ticks and caricatures, darling, not only is Fluttershy just one note aggressive for the duration, as if they got that confused with assertiveness, but the new characters that are introduced are just dull. And for a show that has so many interesting one-off characters, they really stick out when, when a writer can't be bothered to to, to create an interesting new figure for the show. Often literally. And our final category tonight is most annoying episode. Most grating episode. And these are often episodes that are just on hyper for their duration. They might be to some people's tastes, but I don't like breathless kookiness for its own sake. I'm going to throw a party. And I'm going to sit them all down and explain to them that I'm just a guy who, who stands up for what he believes in. Sounds like a fun party. The runner-up here is an episode, I think, is, I, I don't think it's a disliked episode, but I've, I've 
I've always found that its title is pretty much a review of it in terms of my perspective. Too many Pinkie Pies. Who'd have thought that would be annoying? It's shrill and paced like a whippet with a bum full of dynamite, to use a red dwarfism. And it, and it seems sort of self-consciously to be like, oh, it's the Pinky episode, so it's got to be wacky and loud and crazy. and Love Pinky. Don't love a thousand of them of, of decreasing mental capacity. No, 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 no. But the winner of the episode that I find most annoying and perhaps should have been in consideration for worst character writing as well is... A Trivial Pursuit was first broadcast August the 17th, 2019 and was written by Brittany Joe Flores. Now, Brittany Joe Flores had previously contributed the really good Once Upon a Zeppelin. Uh, this might be my least favourite episode of the whole show. Um, perhaps that says more about me than it does about the episode. Um, I'll, I'll try and keep this brief. I don't want to go off on the tedious hyperbole because I know what it's like when you actually enjoy an episode and then you just listen to somebody railing against it. It's it's not a pleasant experience, although I appreciate you sticking with it if that is the case. But I will put it like this. You know how a lot of comedy, a lot of good comedy, a lot of good comedy in this show is based on characters we understand placed in different situations we understand? Well, because this is Let It All Hang Out Season 9, characters, we don't need to understand them anymore. They can be arbitrarily chosen for any role because it's funny, Possibly, you know, oh, do you know who would be a funny quizmaster slash adjudicator for no apparent reason? Granny Smith, wouldn't that be funny? Oh, do you know who's suddenly really good at quizzes? Uh, Applejack and Rainbow Dash, of course, they'd be great at quizzes. Doesn't matter, let it all hang out, it's season nine. And okay, Twilight, taking part in a contest and a quiz and getting obsessed with it, that, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. The problem is that this quiz has totally arbitrary rules just there to make manipulations in the story happen. So what we have is a nonsense placement of characters in a nonsensical situation. And the episode starts off hyperactive and ends hyperactive. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. Sorry, I'm going to breathe. I think I've probably gradually and increasingly alluded to an episode coming down the line where the kind of exaggeration of character expressions goes too far into the degree of gurning that it completely divorces itself from the voice acting and the emotional intention. This is that episode. And I remember coming back from that little mini break after the already (laughs) wacky enough diversion of Rainbow Road Trip, being shocked by how ugly this episode is. It's just elasticity and screen-filling grimaces. And it's almost like they've assumed that everything being turned up to 11 is just going to be funny. 
<laughs> this sort of loud wackiness, I don't find it at all funny. There is one line in this episode that cracked me up, and that's just Rainbow Dash yelling, Red! Spike tries his best to be the balanced one. Again, proving he's the character that knows Twilight better than anyone. My favourite bit of the episode is the intro, which is actually, it's got a much better use of exposition than the previous episode, to be frank, which is... Spike trying to, you know, amp himself up to talk to Twilight and going through his story and how he's going to explain this to her. That's clever exposition. And yes, this the mildly wired Twilight with the bell answering everything as yes. Yeah, yeah this is as a nice wacky intro to an episode that as long as it doesn't all go in that direction would probably be fine. A little bit out of the blue madcap for my taste, but no, I, I quite like the intro. But then it just leaps off the deep end for the rest of the episode, and it becomes this gurning mess. It's so self-consciously a quote-unquote comedy episode. It assumes that because it's the comedy episode, you can just twist everything visually, twist everything in terms of character, and have no breaks in the pacing. And I'm sorry, I don't think that you can honestly say to me that the character writing for Rainbow Dash in the last episode was bad and stand up for the character writing for Twilight in this one. She is awful. She's one note obsessive, insane, mean, because they think it's funny. Now, if you find it funny, that might honestly work. But... I don't. Yeah, no, I said I was going to keep this brief. I don't know how to do that. Did you Did you notice? <laughs> there is a good story buried under here. And there is a nice bit of character building also buried under here. But the emotional impact of Twilight's arrogance and her realising the point was to have fun is just pooped out through all of this jelly and ice cream noise. I used to be with it. But then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what's it seems weird and scary to me. Maybe there are kids who like this, but I get the impression that this wasn't strictly aimed at the kids. I think they wanted to make a funny episode. Billboard-sized funny. The Hollywood Hills sign replaced with big letters saying F-U-N-N-Y. I don't know that, but hey, I'm sorry. That's probably my least favourite episode of the show. So that's that done. And I am really, really super enthusiastic about going forward into the rest of season nine. I mean, I don't love it all, but I feel, fingers crossed, that the, the worst for me is gone. And there is some smashing stuff to look forward to. Just be honest with them. I'm sure they'll understand where you're coming from. So, yeah, I find it difficult to watch, really, this one. Um, not for me, uh, and I think it's just this is too far into the the wacky screwball tone for my tastes. I, I, I maybe I'm just a bit boring. That's a possibility. Three. Got any problems, troubles, conundrums, or any other sort of issues, major or minor, that I, as a good friend, could help you solve? So, as we round the bend to the big finale, if you would like to get in touch with me about anything pony related and possibly have me read it on the show. You can contact me, all plotted out, at outlook.com, all lowercase, all one word, 
all plotted out at outlook.com or find me on the tweets at all plotted out. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope my hyperbole and ranting hasn't put you off because that's as bad as it's going to get. Promise it'll be easier going, going forward. (laughs) But until next time, stay safe, stay well, stay tolerant, and State of the Nation, the 1986 New Order single, is one of the very few singles the band ever released that actually has the title of the song in its chorus. Yeah, so it's not one of their absolute best, really. It's a shame that my outro doesn't begin Bizarre Safe, Bizarre Well, Bizarre Tolerant, and Bizarre Love Triangle, because that is an incredible single. Ta-ra! Maybe the later books are slightly more realistic than I gave them credit for.